So this time we have the opportunity uh, to be intent to listen to the Dhamma. Today is the 19th of April, 2021. And we consider the teachings of the Lord Buddha, who is said to have taught 84,000 uh, Dhamma teachings. We can say uh, Dhamma verses, where he taught 84,000 times. We have the uh, the suttas, the vinaya, and the abhidhamma. You can call them the three baskets, the three categories of uh, the Buddhist teachings. We see that in the Buddhist teachings, it can come down to the path of sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. And the teaching that uh, this attachment and clinging to the five aggregates, uh, it's attaching to a heap of suffering, a heap of dukkha. And this attachment to the five aggregates is the cause of suffering. Because this upadana, this attachment, uh, leads to suffering, is the cause of suffering. And we have attachment to this body and mind, this, these five aggregates of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. We see that for a human to be born, it uh, requires the conditions of the mother and father uh, coming together. And then uh, consciousness or jitta that has uh, vipaka, kama, the results of karma uh, still in it. And this results in birth as a human and the consciousness enters the womb of the mother. And so with all these conditions uh, sufficient and ready, then this leads to a human birth. And a, a mind or consciousness with less merit can go to an animal womb or to a lower realm. And a being with a higher level of merit can be reborn as a heavenly being, as a deva. But wherever it is that a being is born, uh, none of these states are eternal. Because in each of these states, one must meet with old age, with sickness, and with death. And with birth as an animal, there's no opportunity to practice the Dhamma. There's a, a high level of uh, dukkha, high level of suffering. And the condition of the body is not suitable to practice Dhamma. The brain is not, uh, not enough to practice the Dhamma. And the mindfulness and wisdom is too low. And for hungry ghosts, for uh, jealous gods, asuras, and for hell beings, their level of suffering is too high. It's uh, too difficult to practice the Dhamma for them. And in terms of devas, uh, heavenly beings, usually... The majority of them are lost in the pleasure of their uh, heavenly state. And there are few, only few that practice the Dhamma. And so we, so we build their parami to a higher level. So we see this birth as a human as something not easy to come by. And some humans are born as humans, but they use up their parami and merit and then go to a lower state. This is being lost on the way 
senses being lost in heedlessness. And this leads to states of, of uh, lack of ease or states of uh, states that are fearful or unfortunate existences that lack uh, comfort and lack ease, uh, lower existences. For, ex for example, humans that uh, gamble or drink or associate with bad friends and do various uh, unwholesome activities, these are paths to the lower realms, to realms of more and more suffering. So we see with the coming of the COVID-19 pandemic, then some individuals are not sufficiently careful. They go to places that they shouldn't go to, and then they meet with uh, danger. They meet with the virus. And then this is uh, leading to the spread of the COVID virus and leads to difficulty for oneself, but also for one's loved ones, one's family and close friends. Um, and so this is a, a karma. We can see that whether it's a wholesome karma or unwholesome karma, the results of these karmas follow oneself and one gets the results but also those close to oneself can also receive the results of one's wholesome or unwholesome karma. And similarly with oneself, one can receive the results of the karma of those uh, close to oneself. For instance, if um, oneself or someone close to oneself gets the virus, then that individual spreads the virus to their family and friends oftentimes. And so everyone uh, shares in that karma of getting COVID. So may you be heedful, may you be careful, and firstly establish oneself in the five precepts. Have the five precepts, have this virtue, take care of ourselves um, so that we don't fall into an unfortunate existence that is full of heat and agitation. So may you have uh, generosity and virtue and meditation and be heedful at all times. Because if one is lacking heedfulness, if one is heedless, then this is when danger comes. This is when COVID comes. So may you be heedful and may you uh, help one another out. And for ourselves, we establish ourselves in wise contemplation. For instance, contemplating in our minds, contemplating that suffering arises because of attachment to the five aggregates. And this is something we can understand easily, a teaching we can understand easily uh, between knowing and ignorance, knowing and not knowing. With ignorance, ignorance gives rise to stre stress and suffering. And when there's knowing, this leads to no suffering. And this state of no suffering we can call niroda, since cessation. So when one's parami is sufficient, one can cut off craving, cut off tanha, and this leads to niroda. Uh, niroda arises. So that which one needs to cut off is this craving, this tanha. And it's this path of sila, samadhi, and panya that cuts off uh, craving and attachment. 
And when we cut off attachment and craving, then ignorance, uh, ignorance is dispelled. Lack of knowing is dispelled. And knowing arises, nirodha arises. And in nirodha, there's no place for craving. This is the mind that has no place at all for craving and attachment. And for a craving to be cut off with no remainder, um, how, how do we do this? We can look at a teaching of Lumpu Kinari, who's a teacher of Lumpu Cha. And not long before his death, he was teaching his disciples to meditate using the mantra, uh, cessation with no remainder. And Lumpu Kinari was a, a great teacher, one who was content with little, one who didn't need much. And he's a very important senior monk, a disciple of Lumpu Man. And he taught his disciples this mantra since cessation without remainder, cessation without remainder. And he had his disciples memorize this. And we see that this, this mind, this jitta, is the place where craving resides. And this craving is the cause, gives rise to all the types of suffering that we experience. And so we practice to give rise to knowing, to clear knowing. We can say giving rise to the one who knows. And to do this, we practice meditation as we do. And so we may study the Dhamma of dependent origination, Paticca Samuppada. And an easy way to approach this teaching is first of all to have mindfulness, to be established in virtue, restraint of body and speech and to cultivate wisdom, to walk this path. Uh, just one doesn't need to make it complicated, just whether one is sitting, walking, standing, or lying down, and do the meditation practice. Do this continuously without missing it. Have effort and be intent in this. One can practice the chanting, for instance, the chanting of it to be so many times throughout the day. And to do this every day, uh, every single day. And one can see that if one socializes a lot, talks a lot, then one is not able to chant uh, many repetitions of the mantra. So we can see that one needs effort and determination uh, to stick with this practice and to avoid things that waste one's time. Mopu Cha would teach this often. He'd say once the community or monks were done with an activity, he'd say, okay, now go do your sitting, go do your walking, have effort, and have this effort uh, pull you along, this um, mind state or this mood of effort. We can say that there's effort and there's also the, the mood of effort in the mind, the, uh, the feeling of effort in the mind. So may you have this this feeling, this mood of effort, and don't don't miss this chance. Have effort continuously, practice continuously, uh, cultivate heedfulness, be intent and firm in your effort. One can see that we are still alive. We have this human life. 
even within a single day and single night, uh, just a period of a single day and single night has great value and great importance. Just seeing arising and ceasing has incredible value and importance in our lives. Just seeing uh, anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanent stress and not self, the mind becomes bright and luminous. Perhaps we can compare there's, if there's one person who just practices generosity and virtue sometimes and they live a long life of a hundred years, this individual can't compare at all with someone who sees uh, arising and ceasing just once. The Buddha, this is something the Buddha taught, that living a hundred years and not seeing uh, with mindfulness and wisdom, not seeing the truth, uh, can't compare with just seeing, uh, seeing clearly into arising and ceasing uh, just once. So may you do this goodness to the best of your ability, uh, do merit and wholesomeness uh, to the full, to your full ability. Do it all the time, every day. We can see, for instance, if one lives to seventy-five years and dies at the age of seventy-five. But in the past, for the past 40 years, this person did merit all the time, did goodness all the time, uh, practiced virtue. And they perhaps also had a family, um, had a complete family, but they did their merit, did their chanting, did their generosity, did their meditation. And we can see that such an individual has made a very high level of merit and such a person is capable of seeing the Dhamma, which gives rise to such a great fullness, uh, rapture, and happiness in the heart. So we can see that this is something of incredible importance and value, and that this heart of ours is of the greatest value. So just seeing arising and ceasing, uh, knowing this, this is wisdom. Seeing this clearly, the mind becomes empty of all moods and sense impressions, becomes empty and free of all attachment uh, temporarily. So we cultivate samadhi, collectedness and peace. We chant and meditate. And we bring our mind to this emptiness uh, in samadhi. And when the mind is thus collected, we see arising and ceasing uh, seeing it with wisdom. And this is a true emptiness that arises then in the mind. We can call this a little Nibbana. And having realized this little Nibbana, one realizes that this way of practice of uh, bringing the mind to peace and then seeing clearly arising and ceasing with wisdom, giving rise to a true emptiness, that this is the way to Nibbana for sure the mind that doesn't like or dislike. This is uh, the mind in Nibbana. So seeing this clearly, then one doesn't have any doubts left. So therefore one should strive uh, with firm effort, continuous effort. We do the meditation, walking meditation, uh, sitting meditation, mindfulness in all postures. And we can have a great rapture, happiness arise. The mind and body feel light and at ease. We may have a thought arise that, oh, this is the way to see the Dhamma clearly, 
just like we've seen before, the the nature of Dhamma, seeing the elements uh, degrade and pass away, seeing impermanent stress and not self, uh, seeing that clearly, giving rise to knowing. And if one sees this clearly, then the mind is very bright. And the mind can be bright for even three days and three nights continuously. This happens sometimes when one sees uh, the truth of reality, the truth of Dhamma. One can even see for an entire day that uh, people aren't really people. And this uh, this is something that happens. This is the mind that's uh, empty and wakeful. And the mind is even wakeful and alert during sleep. This is a mind that's very cool and at ease and can be cool even for an entire month a body and mind that are very light, whether sitting or walking. So when I was uh, practicing at Oa Nongpapong, Wumpu Cha had a great loving kindness and asked me to move to a, a kuti, a monk's dwelling, right in front of his dwelling. And so I would practice uh, within the view of Wumpu Cha at all times, after eating, I would put on my robe and walk meditation. And then I would sit in meditation. And after waking up from the midday nap, I would, then I would sit in meditation again, walk meditation. And I'd be in the view of Lung Cha this whole time for an entire month. And after this period, I asked to go to a more secluded part of the monastery. And Lung Cha in his... Uh, with loving kindness, gave me the permission to go deeper into the forest and to do. Uh, it felt very, and I felt very peaceful doing walking meditation. And I saw that this is the way to see the Dhamma. And there was one time where I was walking meditation, and I. I was thinking, had the line of thought of, is, is this uh, the way to really destroy the kilesas, or how do I destroy them quickly? What's the way to see the Dhamma? And that night, Lumpu Cha gave a Dhamma talk that one practices to know the mind. The mind receives many sense impressions, and all these sense impressions one practices not to like or dislike them. If one likes, then... Following this, this is the way of sensual indulgence. And following disliking, this is the way of self-mortification. Neither of these paths is the way to freedom. So the mind that not, doesn't follow liking and doesn't follow disliking, this is the way. It's just like water, like rain falling on a, a mountain forest. And the rain gathers in a stream. And if the stream doesn't go to the right or doesn't go to the left and doesn't meet with any obstacles or any obstructions, then the water goes to the ocean for sure. It goes straight to the ocean, not diverting to the right or left. So this is just like the mind that doesn't like and doesn't dislike. This is the mind that goes straight to the stream of Dhamma for sure. So may you practice in this way and have effort in this, uh, have firm effort. Because we see that the Buddha is already here in our hearts. We search for the Buddha, and it's just like uh, rocks that have 
the potential for heat. They have heat within them, but we need to hit them together to make the sparks come out. Or just like making a fire by rubbing sticks together. If we just uh, rub the sti sticks together for a period of time and they get warm, but then we stop and they get cool again, then we start again and make the sticks warm again, then we stop and they get cool again, we'll never get fire that way. But if we rub the sticks together continuously, then fire arises. So if we search for the Buddha in our hearts continuously without stopping, then we'll, we will meet with the Buddha, the mind that doesn't like and doesn't dislike. And with this mind, one can see clearly impermanent stress and not self. And if one's not able to see anicca, dukkha, anatta clearly, then make the mind collected in samadhi first, make the mind firm, restrain one's behavior of body, speech, and mind. And if one's not to the point yet of having uh, seen the truth, then keep up your effort. Do effort uh, continuously without stopping. And without stopping, you will reach your goal for sure. If you continue to practice and practice without ceasing, you will reach your goal for sure. It's not beyond your ability. So don't think to yourself that it's beyond the capability of your uh, personality type or your level of spiritual development. Uh, don't think like that. You live or you're close to a great teacher and your great teacher has taught you the correct way to practice. So this is something you can do. You are capable of it. So now it's up to you to do it. So do it this way, practice this way. And then in no long time, you'll realize your goal. You'll see clearly uh, bit by bit. And you can practice with the meditation word anicca, anicca, or dukkha, dukkha, or anatta, anatta. You can practice in this way. This can give rise to dhamma, to seeing clearly the truth of reality. It's just like seeing all the parts of a bicycle, seeing all the, the parts of the bicycle fall apart. And seeing that really there's no bicycle there, it's just uh, separate parts. So in the same way we see, or having seen this with the bicycle, we come back to reflect on our bodies. We see that our bodies are just an assemblage of various parts, that there's really no me, no mine, no I to be found. And this is the arising of Dhamma. And the mind uh, sees clearly uh, based on a mind that's calm and collected. So we can also use the meditation word anatta, anatta, not self, not self. And this is a form of tranquility or shamatha practice. So the, the meditation word, not self, not self, anatta, anatta, it, it is a shamatha practice, a tranquility practice to repeat this. But we can say it's a wisdom uh, tranquility object or a wisdom shamatha object. And then when the mind is collected, then this gives rise to, to dhamma, gives rise to wisdom. This is wisdom that arises from meditation practice. So may you be firm in your effort to repeat your meditation word. May you do it continuously 
uh, don't give up, don't retreat, uh, don't back down from this practice. Be intent to do it. And then doing this, one is able to realize the Dhamma. So may you all be intent in your Dhamma practice.